You got to see it before you can seize it. You got to see it before you can seize it. And God also taught Abraham that if you want to see your dream fulfilled, you got to walk it out before you see it come about. You got to walk it out before you can see it come about. Last week, we looked at the life of Gideon found in the book of Judges, specifically chapter six and seven. And we noted how God gave Gideon's enemy a dream through which he confirmed that he was going to deliver the people of God's enemies to him. And we saw that it, that God called Gideon through a process. He affirmed him. He confirmed. And then he returned. And that's how God fulfills dreams as well. So today I want to continue looking at this theme of the dream giver and fulfiller. Because God does make dreams come true. And we're going to look at another Old Testament personality who saw God's dreams in his life fulfilled. And I want to know, is there anybody here that you're still waiting on God to fulfill a dream that he gave you? If you are, would you be bold to raise your hand? Okay, I see you. Now, we're going to look in the scripture at an example of a person that received a dream from God. But from the time the dream was given to the time it materialized and was fulfilled, there was a space of time where their faith was tested and even their life endured trouble, trial, and tribulation. So let's look at Genesis 37. And we're looking at verses 5 and 9. Genesis 37, verses 5 and 9 says, Now Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars were bowing down to me. I've heard it said that we dream every night. We just don't always remember dreaming. Dreams can be a powerful thing. Lots of people have made great discoveries in their dreams. For example, the modern sewing machine was first envisioned in a dream. So was the structure of an atom. Studies measuring brain waves have shown that brains are actually more active when dreaming than when they are awake. Well, let me just state right now, that's not an excuse for you to start dozing off here today, okay? Let me be clear about that. Now, I'm sure that 100% of you have been affected by your dreams in some way at some time. But many people have had their lives completely changed by the dreams they have had. Joseph was such a person. He was a shepherd turned slave, turned convict, turned ruler. He was Abraham's great-grandson, a fourth-generation Israelite, a brand-new chosen race of people created by God through Abraham's faithfulness. Abraham, the first father of Israel, had Isaac, who had a son, Jacob, who was the father of Joseph. And when you study Joseph's life, you'll discover that his life can be divided up into three parts. His 17 years at home, his years of captivity in Egypt, and his years of ruling in Egypt. What I want to do this morning is share with you four 
dream truths that are discovered in his story. Four dream truths. And if you're not taking notes, I encourage you to go back and watch this on our YouTube or our face our, our Facebook because these four truths, especially for those of you that are waiting on a dream, will help you understand the process. So here's the first dream truth that we discover in Joseph's life. Having a dream will bring out the mean in others. Let me say that again. Having a dream will bring out the mean in others. What do you mean, Pastor? Again, looking at Genesis 37, we see in verses 5 through 8, now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheep arose and stood upright, and behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheep. His brother said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Are you indeed to rule over us? Notice, so they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. So when you have a dream, it's going to bring out the mean in others. Not everybody's going to celebrate you. Not everybody's going to applaud the fact that God's given you a dream. In fact, there's going to be people that are going to hate on you. There's going to be people that are going to be envious and jealous of the fact that you think God's given you a dream, that God's spoken to you, that God has given you a prophetic word that you believe He's going to fulfill in your life. Not everybody is going to be happy about the fact that you have a God dream. And you've heard me say it, and you've heard it throughout society. Haters are going to... Yeah, haters are going to hate, but God is going to elevate. We know that because we see it at the end of Joseph's experience. Now, think with me for a moment about some of the dreamers of our recent history who envision products like the personal computer and the telephone and the airplane. Many scoffed, made fun of the Wright brothers, Thomas Edison, Alexander Graham Bell, and others who had a vision for creating things like the telephone and the light bulb that we take for granted today. What we discover is that dreamers have always had to deal with haters. Dreamers have always had to deal with doubters. But dreamers are those that see their dream fulfilled because inside of them they know that this is not my dream. This is God's dream for my life. And if God gave me the dream, He's not only capable of revealing my future, He's able to fulfill my future. And I want you to understand that it doesn't matter who hates. It doesn't matter who's jealous of you. If God's given you a dream, you can count on the fact that He will fulfill that dream because He's not like man. He's not limited. He's unlimited. He's all powerful. He's got the ability to do what He's promised you and what He's revealed to you He can accomplish in your life. So remember, not everyone will celebrate. Dream anyways. Dream anyways. Now, here's the second dream truth that we discover through Joseph's life. The secret to your dream coming true is not found on what you're waiting for, but rather on who you're waiting on. Let me say that again. The secret to your dream coming true is not found on what you're waiting for, but rather on who 
you're waiting on. Now, I already know some of you, and you're, because of our religious mindset, you're already thinking, oh, you're talking about, while I'm waiting for the Lord to fulfill my dream, I need to make sure I'm waiting on the Lord. No, that's not what I'm talking about here. What we discover is that from the moment at 17 years of age, when God gave Joseph the dreams that he did, Joseph had to wait 13 years before seeing the dreams materialize and began to be fulfilled in his life. 13 years of waiting. But notice what he did during the in-between. Genesis 37, verses 13 and 14. Genesis 37, 13 and 14 says, And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pastoring the flock of Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. Watch this. And he said to him, Here I am. Similar to what Isaiah said to God. When God said, Who will go for us? Isaiah the prophet said, Here I am. It's the posture of a person that is willing to carry out the bidding of another. It continues saying, so he said to him, go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock and bring me word. So he sent him, he sent him from the valley of Hebron and he came to Shechem. Now go to chapter 39, verses 2 through 6, Genesis 39, verses 2 through 6. The Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him. And he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And then later on in that same 39th chapter, we read in verses 21 through 23, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in prison. Whatever was done, there he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, notice, the Lord made it succeed. So did you catch it? While he's waiting 13 years for his dream to be fulfilled, you know what role Joseph was playing? He was like a waiter. He was like a waiter. He was serving others. He was promoting others. He was utilizing his gifts and talents to see the dreams of others be fulfilled. While he's waiting for his dream to be fulfilled, he's waiting on others. He's serving others. Mm -hmm. But here's what I want you to understand is that whether it's Potiphar, whether it's his dad, whether it's the keeper of the prison, Joseph voluntarily served with a willing heart. Why? Because ultimately, Joseph was doing more than serving those before him. He was serving the Lord. Just like the Apostle Paul wants us to have that same disposition. He wrote in Colossians 3, 23 and 24, Whatever you do, work heartily, notice, 
ask for the Lord and not for men. Why? Knowing that from the Lord, watch this, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Get this. I want you to catch this. That even while he served others, God's favor was on him. Even while he served others, waiting for his dream to be fulfilled, the Lord blessed. The Lord caused them to prosper. The Lord caused them to succeed. So I want you to understand, if you have that attitude of, while I'm waiting on you to fulfill the promises, I'm going to wait on others, and I'm going to serve them as if I'm serving you. Here's what I want you to know. You don't have to wait till you see your dream fulfilled to be blessed. God's favor is going to be on you. God's going to cause you to experience success. God is going to bless your life. At age 16, Matthew Barnett dreamed of a church that would be open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, serving the inner city's physical and spiritual needs and bringing a message of hope to the hopeless. In 1994, at the age of 20, he moved from Phoenix, Arizona to Los Angeles, California to pastor a small church of 18 people. One night, God woke him from his sleep and told him to walk to Echo Park. There, he was surrounded by crime, gangs, prostitutes, and the many homeless who made the park their home. It was then that he heard God say, I did not bring you here to build a great church, but to build people, these people. I don't ever want you to think about success again. Think about being a blessing. Success is obedience to your calling. I have called you to bless people, love them, heal them, help them, serve them. In response, Matthew Barnett started an outreach ministry to the people in the neighborhood and started to change lives. Seven years later, an old 400,000 square feet hospital with nine buildings only a few blocks away from Echo Park was put on the market for $10 million. He bought it for $3.5 million. Today... It's a 24-hour hospital and sanctuary providing free help, counseling, food, clothing, and medical services to those in need. Thousands of people who were addicted, abused, prostituted, abandoned, and disabled have been helped through their more than 200 need-based ministry, reaching 50,000 people each week in the Los Angeles area alone. The name of this ministry, the Dream Center. But it didn't stop there. Currently, there are over 85 Dream Centers established throughout the world based on Matthew Barnett's dream. And then he writes these words, God birthed a cause in me that has not only transformed my life over these years, But millions have been reached as a result. 
God has called us all for a great cause that He wants us to embrace, to make a positive impact on others. He writes, if you live for a cause greater than yourself, you will live a life of peace, joy, passion, and lasting meaning. You see, when you live for God to fulfill the dream He's placed in your life, and while you're waiting for that dream to be fulfilled, you start adopting the attitude, I'm going to be a waiter ready to serve those around me that the Lord calls me to serve while I'm waiting for the dream to be fulfilled. And I'm going to serve them as if I'm serving Jesus himself. Here's what you can know. Then the Lord's favor is going to surround you like a shield. God is going to cause you to prosper. He's going to enrich your life with the peace and a joy that you will not find any other way. You're not going to be grumpy. You're not going to be discouraged because you're going to be too busy just waiting on others. And God is going to be working not only through you, but in you, giving you what he wants you to experience, which is a satisfaction of knowing you're walking according to his will and character. Woo! And just like Matthew and Tommy, his dad say, find a need and fill it. Find a hurt and heal it. If you'll do that, you'll see eventually your dream fulfilled. Here's the dream truth number three. Dreamers learn that before you experience addition, you will undergo subtraction. Before increase comes decrease. Get that. Dreamers learn that before you experience addition, you will undergo subtraction. Before increase comes decrease. The name Joseph means Jehovah has added or increased. The very name Joseph means Jehovah has added or increased. But look at his life. He dreamed that his brothers would one day bow before him. He dreamed that eventually his, not only his brothers, but his mom and dad would bow before him. But look at his life. Look at what happened between the dream given and the dream fulfilled. Before the bowing came the bruising. Before the promotion came the problems. Mm -hmm. Before the elevation came the humiliation. You and I need to understand that setbacks for us as children of God are not the final word. If God gave you a dream, you're still going to have setbacks. If God gave you a dream, You're still going to experience subtraction. You're going to experience losses in your life. I'm going to experience loss. If God gave you a dream, you're still going to experience decrease. But if you keep waiting and you keep trusting and you keep serving and you keep believing, God, who is not a liar, but is the truth and he is faithful, is going to fulfill what he promised in you. So then the question is, then why does God allow trouble, trial, tribulation to come into our lives in the in-between, between the dream given and the dream fulfilled? Aha. Here it is. God's 
priority is your development before the dream's fulfillment. Let me say that again. God's priority is your development before the dream's fulfillment. Did you know it's not God's main objective to make you and I comfortable? You know what his main priority and objective is? Is to fashion and form us into the image and character of his son Jesus. Now, how many of you would admit with me, there's still more of Jesus that needs to be developed in me? (laughs) There's still some areas in my life where I'm not looking a lot like Jesus. I'm looking too much like myself. Yeah. So God's priority is your development before the dream's fulfillment. And and, and James 1, 2 through 4 says this. My brethren, count it all joy or calculate it as joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. That word patience, hupomone, also can be translated as staying power. But let patience or staying power have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now think about it. If God would have fulfilled Joseph's dreams when he was 17, that mocoso, that snot nose wouldn't have been able to handle the fulfillment at that time. At 17, there's no way he could handle the promotion that God was revealing he was going to bring to his life. There's no way. He didn't have the character to be able to bear the weight of responsibility of that dream being fulfilled. So God allowed him to go through 13 years where he experienced temptation, where he experienced trial, where he experienced tribulation. Why? God was developing his character because God wants to make sure that when he fulfills his dream in your life, you have the character to carry on with that dream. You have the character to be able to hold the weight that is going to come with the fulfillment of that dream. And look at even Jesus. Even Jesus had to undergo the process that led to progress. In Luke chapter 2, verse 40, Luke chapter 2, verse 40, the scripture says, And the child Jesus grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Watch this. The word that Dr. Luke uses for grew, it means a continual process of increasing. In other words, there wasn't a supernatural growth that Jesus experienced, but he grew just as you and I do. He learned, the writer of Hebrews 5 tells us, obedience, how? By the things he suffered. The writer of Hebrews also says that he was tempted in every point, just like you and I are, yet without sin. But watch this. You see, when we hear... And we, I've been guilty too. Preachers will say, if you want increase in your life, come forward. I'm going to put a little dab on you and a little dab will do you. If you want increase, come. I want to pray over you and you're going to experience increase. But what I've discovered, the way to increase is the same way it happened with Jesus. If we want the increase of strength in the Lord, we've got to go through trouble. We've got to go through trial. We've got to go through tribulation. Watch this. Luke also uses the phrase, became strong. 
Here, Dr. Luke uses a word that means that Jesus was taking everything he was learning and putting it to productive use. In fact, both verbs are in the imperfect tense to signal that this was an ongoing process. And then in Luke 2, 52, Luke writes, and Jesus grew. Notice, he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Watch this. In this observation, the word grew is a different Greek medical word that means to hammer out as a blacksmith does with metal. Notice that Jesus is not doing the fashioning. He's submitting to the process to be fashioned. In essence, Jesus is the metal and the Father is the blacksmith. So if you and I say, I want God to increase me, I want God to grow me, you know what we're saying? God, put me on your table as metal and start hammering away. I knew you wouldn't get excited about that. But that's the reality. If we're going to grow into the character of Jesus, we need to grow like Jesus did. But here's the good news, that God doesn't say, I want you to exercise your willpower to hang in there while I'm taking you to trouble, trial, and tribulation. Here's the good thing with God, is that He says, I'm going to give you another comforter. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. You're not going to have to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. I'm going to give you a power from on high that will enable you that no matter the trouble, the temptation, the trial, the tribulation that comes your way, you'll have the strength in you to be able to endure and stay in the fire. You'll have the ability to be refined. You'll have the ability to be purified. Woo! You see, dreamers understand that your problem is the pathway to your promotion. Now, in Genesis 39, verses 2 and 3 and 21. Genesis 39, verses 2, 3, 21. There's a phrase that is repeated. Notice, the Lord was with Joseph. And then the Lord was with him. And then the Lord was with Joseph. Watch this. The Lord with you is the key to you getting through. Let me say that again. The Lord with you is the key to you getting through. What do you mean, Pastor? The only way you can get through what you're going through is the Lord with you. And he promised in Isaiah 43, 2, you know it, when you pass through the waters, he said, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Neither will the flame kindle upon you. You see, if you're a child of God, you're waterproof. You're fireproof. That doesn't mean you're not going to go through the storms. That doesn't mean you're not going to be put in the burning fiery furnace. But just ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When you land in that furnace, you're going to find somebody else awaiting you. The Lord will not leave you or abandon you. He's going to be with you. And He's going to surround you. He's going to embrace you. He's going to empower you. You're going to make it through because the Lord is with you. But watch this. And the Lord with you is the key 
to you getting to. Where did he get to? Who? Joseph. He got to second in command under Pharaoh. And look what Pharaoh testified to in Genesis 41, 38 to 40. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. Even Pharaoh recognized it's the Lord in you. It's the Spirit of God in you. And there's nobody better to be second in command. The Lord with you is the key to you getting true. If God promised you that promotion, listen, you don't have to manipulate. You don't have to jockey yourself to get in position to get to that place. No, if He's with you, He works all things together for the good to those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. You just keep loving God. You don't worry about the haters. You don't worry about those manipulating the system. If God said, that's where I'm taking you to, then He with you is your guarantee. You're going to arrive. And then you're going to be able to say, it's the Lord on my side that brought me here. And the final truth, the final dream truth is this. The dream you hold on to will eventually uphold you. The dream you hold on to will eventually uphold you. Pastor James R. or James W. Ryle points out the Hebrew word for had a dream that we see in Genesis 37, 5, where the scripture says, Now Joseph had a dream. Joseph had a dream that we see there in Genesis 37, 5. Joseph had a dream. He points out that the Hebrew word for had a dream, it's the word halam. And it means to bind firmly. To bind firmly. He goes on to point out, Joseph became firmly bound up in the dream that God had given him. Dreams that are from God are spiritual experiences that root deep in our hearts, never to be forgotten. Joseph had a dream, but perhaps we could more accurately say that the dream had Joseph. The dream sustained him through all that happened to him over the years. Pastor Tommy Barnett wrote a book entitled Multiplication. And in it he writes this, God's dreams are captivating. They will not let me go when my heart has been touched by God. Nothing is too big and no hurdle too great. How do you and I know that dream, that dream is from God? He writes, sometimes when God gives you a dream, you want to let it go. It scares, overwhelms, and astonishes you. If it's God's dream, you cannot let it go. Dreams often seem to progress along a certain path. At first, we grasp our dreams, fearing that we might lose sight of them. But later, the dreams are so filled with God's spirit and power that they grasp us and they will not let us go. In the midst of a pit, slavery, and prison, Joseph's dreams from God 
did not abandon him. They stayed with him, lighting the darkest night and giving hope in the bleakest circumstance. When fulfilled, God's dreams bring God glory. When fulfilled, God's dreams bring God glory. In another book that I have in my library written by Pastor Tommy, entitled Reaching Your Dreams, he penned these words. I have discovered an amazing fact. If you hold on to a dream for about five years, it will come to pass. Most people cannot keep a dream for that long. Discouragement and failure wear on them and they surrender the dream. But if you stick with it through the battles, the disappointments and the failures, you will experience a glorious transition. At first, you had to hang on to the dream but suddenly, the dream begins to hang on to you. You won't be able to let it go if you wanted to. At first, you had to work on the dream, but now it works on you. Changing your character. Dreams Make an ordinary person great if you break free of the past to pursue them. You see, before Joseph's dream became reality, what kept Joseph going through those 13 years of facing trials in life? When Joseph was in the pit, the dream. When he was sold into slavery, the dream. When he was exalted in the courts of Potiphar, the dream. When he was falsely accused, the dream. When he ended up in the prison, the dream. When he was forgotten in prison for an additional two years, the dream. When his brothers showed up and he helped them, what kept him going? The dream. When he was finally reconciled to his dad, with his dad, the dream. I want you to understand, if you have a dream from God and you hold on to it, the day will come when it will begin to hold on to you. And as much as you try to Take it off. It's going to grasp you and remind you. You are not here by accident. You are here by divine assignment. God has a dream for your life and he's going to fulfill it. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't mean you're not going to face trouble, trial, tribulation, temptation. But when you decide, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to lean on God. It doesn't matter what the devil throws at you. You're going to see the dream fulfilled because God is who he says he is. He doesn't change. He is always faithful and true. What's the difference between those that succeed and those that fail and end up permanently stuck? Some dare to dream. Others diminish the value of dreams in their life. Some dare to see what should be and could be and believe it's possible. Others discount that they can actually be used in the process of bringing about change. Some of you are waiting for a dream to be fulfilled. Now you know what it's going to take for that dream to come to pass. God is not only the dream giver, He's the dream fulfiller. Father, thank You for Your Word today. Thank You for teaching us through the life of Joseph, how we can experience not only receiving a dream from you, but seeing that dream fulfilled in our lives. I pray today, Father, that we, like Joseph, would be willing to trust you through the process that you choose to take us through.
Because if we trust you in the process, we will experience the progress. I thank you for revealing through your word today that you're not just a good dream giver. You're the dream fulfiller. And I pray for those that are waiting, God, that they would today. As they wait on you, by calling on you, you would do as you have promised in your word in Isaiah 40, 31. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. This altar, this front area, we call it the altar. It's a place where you can come and meet with God. The Bible says draw near to God and He will draw near to you. And I'm going to invite those of you that you're waiting on the dream. Now you realize what to apply in the waiting. What to apply in the waiting. But you say, I need to be renewed in my strength. God's ready to renew you. God's ready to give you inner resolve and resiliency through the power of His Spirit so that you will not waste the waiting time, but experience His working in the waiting. If that's you, you want that, you come right now. And we're going to pray with you. We're going to believe with you. I know, I know, I have experienced it in my life. God's not just a good dream giver. He's the dream fulfiller. And I believe that in your waiting, He's working and He will work as you come and lean into Him and lean on Him and look to Him. That's it. Come on. Yes, Lord, we come. We come, Lord. We come. We look to You right now. Yes. I've got a dream that I know God has given me, but I'm waiting on it to be fulfilled. Now I know what I need to apply in my life. I need God's strength, though, to do it. You come as well and join these that have already come. Those of you watching online, God hears you. Call on Him right now. Say, Lord, I'm waiting on You while I'm waiting on You to fulfill the dream. And I'll guide me, direct me, show me what I need to apply of what I've received today. And I ask for the strength to do it, Lord. That's it. Prayer warriors, come and join me as we lay hands and come in agreement with these that are here and agree that God's going to be working in the waiting right now. Thank you, Lord.